Cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments, where bold moves require confident blueprints, where you can accelerate transformation through consistency, where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at SAIC.com cloud. Before sunrise, Burn Dairy and Deli is preparing to fuel your day with hot coffee, donuts, muffins, breakfast sandwiches, and other morning staples. For lunch, grab a giant deli sandwich made the way you like it. Pizza, wings, wraps, or a fresh salad. Plus, something to wash it down. Then pick up dinner or a sweet treat and other pantry essentials. Now you can get your Burn Dairy and Deli favorites delivered with DoorDash. All day, every day, you can count on Burn Dairy and Deli. It's all good. Hi, this is Cal Ripken Jr., and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. It's the ML Sports Platter all over the major platforms, Spotify, Google, Apple, Stitcher, Deezer, Amazon Music, and more. Go ahead and download, subscribe, and leave Five-star reviews and feedback, all of that stuff is really appreciated. We are brought to you by Stanley Law Offices, our good, good friends over at Welch & Company Jewelers, Burn Dairy, and CNY Electrical. For any uh, residential, commercial needs that you need electrical-wise, i tell you what, Sean and his team, they do an unbelievable job. CNYelectrical.com in the greater central New York uh, area and the great state of New York, CNY Electrical. Com. Tip of the cap, thank you as well to Rosie's Corner and the Swan and Whitaker families. Well, I am delighted to bring on to the program somebody whose work is uh, really awesome, just uh, doing an unbelievable job as a, uh, a high school sports and college sports enterprise reporter for the Buffalo News, uh, obviously close enough because of the city to the Bills, so we're going to really focus in on the St. Bonaventure Bonnie's. Uh, one of the teams she covers, uh, a team that won over Siena in the home opener. A lot of hype and expectations for this Bonaventure group, of course. And uh, you can get her on Twitter, at Rachel M. Lenzi. That's at Rachel M. L-E-N-Z-I from the great city of Buffalo, New York. Rachel, how are you? Well, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate taking the time. So you were at the home opener against Siena at the Riley Center. The crowd seemed like it was jumping through the roof. It was loud through the uh, the broadcast. Um, kind of take me through what you saw um, you know, in that game, some major takeaways, and, and just how good can this Bonaventure team be this year? Well, first off, the, the Riley Center was electric last night. It was a welcome sight to have back after 20 months when basketball, when sports, when the world wasn't normal. You know, last season, we were watching games in empty arenas and covering them. And the, Sorry, the artificial crowds buzz just didn't do it. But to have people back, to have the sense of community back, to watch banners being unfurled for the A-10 championships and for the NCAA tournament, to see the Franciscan Friars on the sidelines, to have the kids screaming in your ear behind press row. It was it was, it was pretty electric. And you saw the Bonnies really start to feed off that. They started off slow against Siena, believe it or not. They were down by 10 at one point. It wasn't until late in the first half Bonner really found its groove. But they did that. The guard play came together. 
they went back to you know Mark Schmidt's philosophy of defense first. You know, he, he always says offense is fickle, but defense will you know get you everywhere. Which is kind of one of my favorite yeah. Mark Schmidt colloquialisms. It's true in basketball, though. And in in the second half, they were fueled off transition. Their rebounding was much better, and they utilized and exercised their depth, particularly with newcomers like uh, Karim Koulibaly, who was filling in for Oshun Oshuni, who's going through some back issues, uh, and Quadri Adams, who really you know, played well defensively as well. You didn't see a lot of numbers for him on the stat sheet, but he was in there making a president. And it kind of goes to my next point last season, Bona. They had a great starting lineup. There was little to no depth behind them. Yep. And securing that depth this year with, again, guys like Quadri Adams, and Kareem Koulibaly, who came in from ACC programs, Wake Forest and Pitt, respectively. Koulibaly brings another nice big presence in the paint, which Bonham really, really needed to help with Oshini. Uh, you know, and the fact that this veteran experience came in, and Linton Brown came in, a junior college transfer, filled in right away on the starting lineup. I think that's really what's going to push the Bonnies over the top this year, is having more off the bench they can sw- swap in and swap out and not get burned out in a long season. You know, you, you bring up Koulibaly, and I, I, when they got some of these guys, I thought the same exact thing. I, I said, goodness, you know, and by the way, no Jalen Attaway last night uh, as well. Um, I, you, you love Lofton. You love Welch. You know Welch very well from, from his Buffalo days. Uh, Jaron Holmes, uh, you know, Oshun speaks for himself. But, yeah, I mean, there, there just needed to be a little bit more there. And I got to tell you, I think out of all those depth pieces, because of Oshun and what they need out of him and the demands at both ends of the floor and how he is, he did put on some weight in the offseason, but he is kind of a skinny dude. I mean, he is kind of a brittle guy. Koulibaly coming right in there, I tell you what, that team, the offense did not miss a beat when he was in there, Rachel. No, no, they they did not. And he has a nice soft touch under the net, which is something that's very important at that forward center position in basketball. But he also brings some nice muscle. You know? yeah. And I remember reading that he wasn't pleased with how he was being utilized at Pitt. And sometimes that happens with other with other schools. Why you see a lot of these transfers happen. And you know, kind of the Atlantic 10 might be a little bit better you know, of a fit for him. Bonaventure, of course, might be a little better of a fit for him. But like you said, I mean, Bonna needed that they, they needed some reinforcement at center because that long time wear and tear, especially on a guy like Oshini who is blocking shots, he's rebounding, you know, he's pretty good at outlet passes and passing the ball and creating plays from in deep. And again, that wears on a person. And I, I, I really think that that's going to, again, help the Bonnies as far as going for the long term, sustaining that success. There's no doubt about it. You know, Mark Schmidt. I've had him on a bunch. Obviously, I'm a, a 2002 graduate of the school. Um, had some amazing times there. Uh, they were really good when I was there. They must beat Kentucky in 2000 in the first uh, the first game uh, as a 12 seed. Uh, went to the NIT a couple of times. They had really, really, really good players. A couple guys go to the NBA. Um, but then right after that, they got in some trouble. And they mm-hmm. let in Jamil Terrell with a welder certificate. They went on NCAA probation. They had to forfeit games. Players were transferring. I mean, Mike Ganzi was Mr. Ohio Basketball. He chose Bonnie. He ends up transferring out to West Virginia. And the school, it was just, it was a complete and utter mess. And for alums and fans of the school, there was a feeling amongst many of us, and I will admit it right now, Rachel, that I thought it was over. I thought that mm-hmm. it was over at the level we knew it. Atlantic 10 
uh, you know, the Riley Center jumping, uh, getting at least solid enough recruits, Bonaventure on a national stage here and there. I thought it was all gone. I, I thought they were going to go D2 or, or, or worse. Maybe the program would be canceled, maybe to the MAC. And now we fast forward to 2021. And Mark Schmidt, they've won multiple A-10 titles, conference and tournament. They've been to the tournament NCAA three times. They're ranked nationally for the first time in 50 years. Can you make the argument that Mark Schmidt has done the best job in college basketball right now? Yeah, that's that. It's definitely in the top five as well. When he came in in 2007, it was before my time, you know. But I read up on it once I got here and tried to understand a little bit more of the program. I mean, anytime you have that kind of scandal rock a program, it can be devastating. But we've also seen that happen at other programs as well, too. You know, where you think, oh, you know, this, this is it, this is done. Where it, you know, you think, well. You know, they, it, but Bonaventure, just from my findings and talking to other people, you know, they wanted to right the ship after everything that had gone wrong. I mean, it was almost systemic what happened yeah. at Bonaventure. How many people enabled what happened to happen in the early 2000s as well? And, you know, bringing in Mark Schmidt, looking back, I, I had looked up his record at Robert Morris. I mean, he didn't, you know, wins and losses didn't blow anybody away, but I mean, there was something about he wanted to put a stamp on a program and, and do it the right way. And he had even said in his introductory press comments, I was reading the AP story when he was introduced in 2007, he said, we're going to do this the right way. And in turn, you saw St. Bonaventure really embrace that. And he also knew and embracing it, not like, oh, yay, hugs, but almost in one of these, okay, you know, we got to get on board knowing also, and this happens with a lot of athletic programs across the country, not just in basketball, the sport, basketball or football, whatever, if you're at Michigan or if you're at Penn State, it's the front door to the university as well. You know, I, I, I think back to, and I'm going to get to a point here, so bear with me. Uh, I had never heard of St. Bonaventure until the mid-90s when I was watching them on TV play for NCAA tournament birth, playing for Atlantic 10 championships. Same thing with Canisius. And there's so much recognition that goes with that, and there's so many dollars that go with that as well, too. So it was one of these, rather than downgrade a program it was one of these let's start repairing it instead and doing this the right way instead of doing it the cool way to keep up with the jones as well and the, the right way takes a lot of time we and we, we you know at bona they were starting to see the dividends of that in the early aughts you know 11 12 13 you know it was give patience to a coach like that when you want to make that investment as well yeah you said you know that he was going to bring we were going to bring a bonaventure back uh brick by brick you know and yep um, and man, has he done it. Unbelievable. Rachel Lindsay, our guest here, uh, covers high school sports and the college hoop scene uh, for the Buffalo News. Terrific uh, enterprise reporter at Rachel M. Lindsay on Twitter. Make sure you give her a follow and visit buffalonews.com for her work. Um, you mentioned the key word, dollars. I mean, that that's, mm-hmm. that's I think, one of the differences with, with, with Bana and, you know, a cuse that goes on probation or in Arizona or whoever – those are power five, power six type schools, huge TV contracts. In a lot of cases, they have football, way more revenue, way more enrollment. Way, I mean, there's just way more everything. And so I, I think that's another amazing thing about Schmidt is that, you know, you, you, you think about the challenges and what they're up against. What, I, what I've really liked, though, is, again, being an alum of the school, is how Schmidt doesn't see anything as a challenge. He doesn't see that place as little lowly and in the middle of nowhere all the crap you hear on all the broadcasts right he 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 sees it as 
Now, you're here and you can focus on basketball. It's a special place. Our alumni is a unique group. We, you know, he, he has everything. You, he uses all of that to his advantage, and that's how he brings in how he does it, I don't know. He brings in all these JUCO guys. He goes and gets an Andrew Nicholson in Canada. You know, he uses it as a positive every step of the way, Rachel, and that's created a lot of that culture at Bonaventure. Right, right. And it, you know, another thing that's interesting, and this came out, uh, we media had recently spoken with Joe Manhurts, the new athletic director, well, as well, guy who has a background in fundraising, came from another school with a big basketball presence where basketball is the front porch, the university in Duke. And you know, he realizes also the success of Bonaventure basketball is going to open more doors financially as well, too. And there was a graphic going around on social media after Bona was ranked in the, in the initial AP rankings that Bona has, I think the lowest endowment of yep. all the top 25 teams in that are ranked. And I think it's the smallest enrollment as well too. And it, that's one of those points where it's like, you can capitalize, you can see the need, you can see where the return is as well too. And it's not just about pride in the basketball program. It's, it's, it's pride in the school. You know, you think about a lot of these big time donors, you know, I, I kind of think of the shot scenes at Ohio state, much larger, yeah, you know, they've given so much money. You know, and their name is on the is on the building at, at the is is on the basketball arena at Ohio State. But it's something like that where people recognize your dollars will help with the larger mission of the school and the athletic program as well. And that's one thing also that Joan Banner is very very good at is tying those two together and engaging the community. And I'm, and I'm eager to see how he helps you know kind of extend that at St. Bonaventure and another thing I noticed we were talking with with Mark after the initial rankings were released Mark Schmidt did thank the donors for helping set up with the success of Bonaventure basketball so he recognizes that as well yeah he sure does when you watch Kyle Lofton's game what do you like the most I like that Kyle Lofton is fearless he is a guy who is not afraid to shoot the ball even if he's in a cold snap, it doesn't discourage him. He had that happen last year. It, you know, it was early on in the in a weird, real weird season that he hit the game-winning three at Richmond, and that lifted his confidence up. Keeps going and going and going. It's almost like a golfer. You you know, you, you, if double bogey a hole, and you're like, wait, I've got, I've got 14 more holes to go. He keeps going. He also understands Bonaventure's bread and butter, again, is it's defense. He wants to be a more well-rounded guard as well, too. And he's, he's quick, and he's sharp, and he knows how to utilize all of his teammates. Yeah, he is just, I think you're right. I think the fearless part is, is a huge deal. And, and, you know, last year, there were moments where he's so passionate and he's so aggressive on the floor, mm-hmm. and he's so fearless, where, like, as a Bonnie, you know, fan you're sitting there going oh my gosh man don't don't go overboard because you'll get teed up pretty you know and, and it can change the complexion of a game when you get a tee um but man when it comes to the point guard position I mean I I grew up in the old Big East in Syracuse okay. I'm a huge Sherman Douglas guy I saw Adrian Autry I saw Jerry McNamara go from shooting guard to point guard when they had the Billy Edelin crisis um you know point guards glow Johnny Flynn had one of the great personalities you know that name from the Niagara Falls area yeah, yeah. I mean the point guard, Allen Iverson at Georgetown, we can go on and on and on with point guards. It's one of those positions in sports, do you agree, Rachel, where that tenacity, fearless, all that sort of thing, yeah, there might be a tech here and there, but but you don't want to change that guy's personality because that fits what the point guard does 
you know, general, commanding the court, both sides of the ball. He, you know, you, you want that fearless, tenacious guy who really who really cares a lot. Right, and yeah, you know, the point guard is the quarterback of 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 the offense, and you know, it's in basketball, and you want someone who sees the floor completely, who can see plays before they happen, who can quickly evaluate defenses, but who also has that two way game where he can he or she can bounce back really quickly on defense and get on their assignment as well. So I, I think that's really what's going to be important for Kyle this year is to get create. Definitely refine, not just create, but refine that well-balanced role as well. And that's the other thing about a point guard. A point guard has to be loud. A point guard has to be demanding. They have to be assertive on the court as well. They are the leader. They run the offense as well. So I got another one or two on Bana, and then we'll get to the Bills quickly to wrap up. But this team has Canisius this Sunday uh, at the RC. Again, expecting it to be pretty much a, a walkover on that on that end. But you, you've got boys, you know, then you get into some of the interesting games. you got some of these non-cons, you know, later in the year. You play Vatek, you play uh, in, in Charlotte, I think that game is. They play mm-hmm. UConn, you know, they play Boise. You know, they're, the, the, the Charleston Classic is going to be unbelievable. Um, do you do you have, Rachel, in your mind, a, a magic number, this team maybe, and I know there's a lot of factors in college basketball. I know that the mid-majors get disrespected. So I, I, I get it. We both know what the story is. But is there a magic number somewhere along the line? Bonna has to go, you know, this versus this, win versus loss in the non-con in order to improve their seeding greatly to the point where they want to, you know, they want the best matchup in March so that they can finally win one tournament game, which is what Bonna fans are really dying for. Do, do you have a magic number non-con in mind to help get them to the best possible seed? I know they still have the A-10, but the non-con part. I you know, I haven't come up with a magic number yet, but in, um, in my previous story, I spoke with Joe Lenardi, the bracketologist from ESPN, and was like, you know, he told me, Jeff Goodman from stadium.com told me this, and this is kind of along the lines of my philosophy as well. And I think back to the University of Buffalo's basketball team, yes, I'm saying that to a bottom venture crowd, I understand. You know, it's UB, for lack of a better term, with their non-conference schedule, I would say they gained the first system pretty well to get a higher seed. Like, they beat West Virginia, and I think it was in overtime. They had won at Syracuse. Yes. They lost at Marquette, yep. but, you know, they're, they're Marquette's, you know, point guard's time just went off. Every time I looked up, he was shooting, he was making a three-pointer. And I could not remember the guy's game for the life of me right now. But, you know, they, 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 they the most out of that non-conference schedule. And they, that's what helped down the road help their seating. And that's what St. Bonaventure has to do as well, too. You look at, you know, I mean, the, I, I, the Sienna game, I, you know, I, I think Sienna was the point. They have to perform well down in Charleston next week. If you look at some of the, the, the teams in there, Clemson, Marquette, West Virginia's back there. These are teams that aren't necessarily in the net yet, I, you know, or could be projected as a net. I haven't got a chance to look at Ken Palm yet to see where they're at. Got to put up some good showings as, as well. I was like, have to play their home court well because Bonn is somewhere, I think, 25 or 26, you know, in Ken Palm right now. That translates over to the net, you know, the, the net rankings where people aren't listening. That's kind of one of the qualifiers that – uh, the tournament committee uses to see the tournament down the road. I mean, they they would be a quad one team yeah. right now, playing at home 
uh, you know, on the road, it would, it would be similar. So, and the net fluctuates throughout the season as well. I can't remember when the first net comes out. So they really have to exercise that as well. But the more wins that, that Bonnet can get on uh, during their non-conference schedule, the better. I mean, and Joe Lenardi said, they're going to be out athletics at some points during that non-conference schedule. And they also have to win some of these games against like Northwestern and Loyola. I think they're playing Loyola of Maryland. They have to win those convincingly as well. So you can't be down 10 or 12 points you know, early in halftime, you know, before halftime as well, too. So it really is making the most of that non-conference schedule to help set up for the A-10, to help set up for a high seeding down the road. I've seen them, I think, as a, as a six in Lenardi's latest bracketology going to Pittsburgh. But again, that could all change. And it's a matter of being cognizant of how things unfold throughout the year with the net ranking, with how the committee perceives things. We help other teams around you do as well because you could have an opponent like, I don't know, you know, St. Louis who could go on a tear and their stock could rise. It's there's so much transitiveness, if that's like a lack of a better term, that can happen throughout the season. But I, I am more in general, make the most of that non conference schedule. Don't don't roll over in the first six, eight weeks of the season. Yeah, no doubt. That game is northeastern, uh the last uh the last non con yes. game, yeah, before the A ten and and, and have you read Lenardi's book, by the way? No, I need to read. That. Oh, you gotta! I I had him on, um, and, and God, he was great. And I didn't know he had such a close relationship with Dennis DePero, who yes. uh, sadly died uh, last year, and was the president at Bonas. And and it was just it was amazing. I I actually just got done reading his book a couple of weeks ago. Um, for for someone like you and what you do for a living, it's a must read. There's no doubt uh, about that. Final one on Bonaventure. Um, how, how would you describe to outsiders? I know before we did this interview on air, you and I were talking about what the RC is and how special. And you know, you try to tell people, hey, you got you got to get to if you cover college, you got to get here, you got to get here. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's a diamond in the rough. From from the outside view, people who don't get Bana, who don't, oh well, it's just small school, whatever. Who cares? It's just the A ten. Who cares? How how would you describe it to those people, to the big boys, to people who don't pay attention to St. Bonnie basketball and the A10, and you know the crazy cult that we are as as Bonnie alums and fans? How how would you how would you describe it to them? I I I, I was I was saying this last night. Someone else I said college basketball is the community during the school year in the St. Bonaventure. I mean, I was driving down. 417 through Allegheny on my way to the RC, the bars and restaurants were packed with pregame. Kids were on the porches, you know, playing beer pong, doing whatever, you know, partying on the porches. Cars were lined up on, on you know, in, in the street. Everybody was getting ready. They were, they were pre-gaming, for lack of a better term, for St. Bonaventure basketball. And it was such a welcome sight to see that after last year. Again, we are still in the, you know, we're still dealing with COVID-19, but we have so many medical advances and societal advances that are helping us get through this as well too and once you get you know start with the student section once you get that student section in there in a small high ceiling gym it, it just the the echo the the roar it's a roar it, it just reverberates everywhere it, there's so much passion they're so colorful they're boisterous they're graphic they're just, you know, someone described it to me as a mini Cameron crazy. So I said, all right, you know, meaning it's a smaller, a smaller student section in a smaller building. You know, you get the old timers who 
been going up on a basketball for years and you can see how passionate they are. You have the Franciscan Friars on the sidelines wearing backwards baseball caps and they get into it as well. It really is a community event. And one of the students told me last night, he said, for two and a half hours every night, we, you know, we get this in the winter. This is our escape from everything. And they fully embrace that basketball program. And, you know, it's not just a front porch to the university. It is a rallying point. And there's so much community pride as well. You know, I, I go around the country and somewhere I will meet a Bonaventure graduate. And the first thing we talk about is the basketball program mm-hmm. as well, too. So I think that's, that's really exciting, especially for a, a small college in, in, in Allegheny slash Olean, New York, to have that recognition. And I'm, and I'm sure the admissions people are loving that as well, too. It's like, hey, people are going to recognize us now. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And it's it's incredible, you know, for how small we are. You, we're everywhere. And and uh, it, it's an amazing um, thing when, you know, people will say, well, you know, it's, it's not Duke. It's not Kentucky. It's a, yeah, but it's our Duke. It's our Kentucky. Right. That, that's how, that's how we treat it. Let's, let's close on, on the bills. Um, God, what a horrible, horrible loss to Jacksonville. H- have you jumped off? There are a lot of people who have, um, fans, media, whoever, have you jumped off the bills as a contender for a championship this year after that loss? I have not because I don't think there's time to panic yet. We're maybe at the halfway point of the season. I look, especially professional sports, it's kind of an ebb and flow season. Uh, if this, if that had happened against the Jaguars in December, I would say, yeah, now it's time to hit the panic button, especially as you make the playoffs, because you want to pick up steam. You want to peak at the right time. I know it's sports saying to say that, but I think there's also plenty of cause for concern with the Bills. Right now, at the halfway point this season, uh, my first observation watching them last week was the offensive line needs some work. I mean, Doc, Dawson Knox is absent at tight end. Also, that impacts the offensive line. You know, with multiple facets. When you have a guy like him who's super productive, he looked so out of sync last week as well. The penalties piled up as well too, and they almost felt like another sports. Felt like they were playing down to Jacksonville's level a little bit. I saw that against Miami, which that's a concern. You don't want that kind of inconsistency to become consistent. And in a way, I look at this and say, better this is happening now, either nine games into the season, again, as opposed to as the playoffs are, are coming up, and they might be fighting for a playoff spot as they're stumbling a little bit as well. You know, and I also wondered, I've wondered this in the past three seasons about where's the run game? I, I primarily cover college football with UB. And it's a game where I, I, I see more balance in, as opposed to an offense being very pass-heavy. And it's almost like, where's the run game, guys? You, know, you have to have a more balanced offense, a more balanced program as well, if you want to be a contender. And I really think the Bills, the Bills they have to win this week to keep, keep people from officially pressing the panic button. Oh, there's no doubt that they have to win. Uh, I, I've lost some th- – I'm not – I'm not I'm, – I'm with you. I'm, I'm not in a – a full panic, um, but I've used the word concerned. I mean, I think there, okay. there are a lot of things to be concerned about. They've got to get healthy on the O-line. They've got to get that line back. Allen, with a clean pocket, is is not unlike any other quarterback. I mean, he with a clean pocket, he's very, very good. Um, and with a broken pocket, he can still make a ton of plays, too. But he's getting into some of his old habits when he's under pressure. He's throwing the ball away to the other team. He's fumbling, things of that nature. But, you know, there's one big thing, and I'll, I'll, I'll end on this, that people have to realize that is also mixed into this. 
on top of McDermott and his uh, terrible game management against Jacksonville. Uh, the, the eggs that they've laid coming out of the bye week, the offensive line, no run game, all that crap. There, there's something that goes above all this. There, well, two things. One is the hype and expectations are through the roof for this team. And when, right. you, when you have that, people gun for you. And that's the second part. They're gunning for you. You're getting the best game from every opponent. I don't care if James Robinson is out. I don't care if the Jaguars have a banged-up offensive line as well. They're still NFL players on that other side. They got there somehow. They're the best in the world just like everybody else. Their team might not be, but there's still a lot of ability on the other side no matter what. When, when everybody's gunning for you and you're not the new flavor anymore and you have those hype and expectations, and that's obviously the, the cause of it, Rachel, this is the NFL. These, these type of things happen. Right, right, absolutely. I, I, I mean, the, the, the Titans game, I think, should have been a harbinger. I felt as if people maybe underestimated the Titans. You know, the Chiefs game was the big game, and I mean, and I, I really believe that game, even though Derrick Henry isn't playing right now due to an injury, made the Titans into a legitimate AFC contender yeah. by beating the Bills by showing. By the way, I picked them to go to with the dogs. Yeah, they. I picked them to go to the Super Bowl this year in the preseason. Wow, and it, it just and it, and it was, and I, I think we're seeing a little more parity, P A R I T Y, in the AFC because of that. And people, you know, teams are scouting the Bills a little tougher. I mean, look at the the season opener against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think that was another great example of that where the Steelers exploited a special teams gaffe, and then when they got a chance, stepped on the Bills' throats. I think that was an early wake up call that once it comes down to closer toward the end of the season, when the Bills can either Put away the, the you know the uh, you know the, the divisional title or angle for playoff spot. They're going to look back and be like, we took our lumps now as opposed to in December. But I think also now is where you make these big repairs and make sure to say, hey, look, you know, we got to fix this now, or we're going to be in big trouble in December. Yeah, there's no doubt. Well, she does an unbelievable job. College and high school sports enterprise reporter for the Buffalo News on Twitter at Rachel M Lindsay Buffalo News Rachel Lindsay, this was a lot of fun. Thanks for chatting some Bonnies and Bills. I'll save your contact info, and we'd love to have you back. Thank you for having me, Mike. I appreciate taking the time to talk to you. Sensational conversation with Rachel Lindsay from the Buffalo News. Hit me on Twitter, at Mike L Sports, and, of course, on Instagram and Facebook, the ML Sports Platter, uh, for topics and more. And you can check out all of my ML Sports takes on uh, the various social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, IGTV, TikTok, and YouTube. We are brought to you by Stanley Law Offices, Rosie's Corner, your State Farm agent, Matt Graham, and our great, great friends over at Elevate Fitness. Go get your membership today. If you're in and around Central New York, they got two great locations in DeWitt and Liverpool. They've got the hot tub and the pool, and they have classes, and they've got awesome, awesome weights and, 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 and bikes, and they have a, a walking, uh, they have a track to walk on. I'm really loving my membership there. I go, I use you know, just the swimming part and, and the hot tub part. That, that's why I, why I jumped in, um, to the, to the, to the, to the fold there, uh, with them. But, you know, Gil and Jason and the gang, they just do an awesome job there. You can sign up for personal, uh, trainer sessions as well. Meet your goals in the gym. It's just a fan, fantastic place to be. It's a family atmosphere. It's big. You can get your own locker. So make sure you go get your membership to Elevate Fitness of Syracuse, DeWitt and Liverpool, locations and uh, get them on social media as well tip of the cap thank you to our friends over 
at the Vinciguerra Consulting Group and Camillus Golf Club as well. This is the ML Sports Platter. As I always tell you, enjoy the games. Snow falls on an old apartment. Inside, the holiday season is in swing. On the first floor, Cokes are poured and stories shared among friends. Three flights up, one generation passes down the family recipe to the next. Inside every home, there's magic. Coca-Cola. Real magic. Enjoy the real magic of the season with close friends, family, and refreshing Coca-Cola paired with all your holiday meals. So we're here at Marshall's with Liz for some holiday shopping. She's really nailing it this year, isn't she? Oh, yep. She's got a record player for Amy. A gorgeous cozy sweater for Jason. And some hot pink fluffy slippers for her sister. The perfect gift. Wait a sec. (gasps) She's getting a pair for herself. Well, with prices this good, it would be rude not to. You know what? She totally deserves it. Oh, totally. Happy holidays, everyone. See you at Marshall's. Fabulous brands. Feel good prices at Marshall's. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.